Welcome to the Dating Stories Podcast. I'm B And I'm Joe. Together we have a lot of dating experience. And we're not alone, so it's time to start sharing. In each episode, we invite real daters to tell us about their creepy, juicy, embarrassing or simply epic true dating stories. Whether you're single, ready to mingle or it's complicated, tune into the Dating Stories podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you cast your pots. Enjoy listening! Hello, everyone. We're back with a brand new episode. Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you today? I'm um, yeah in a bit of a special mood, to be honest, B, and I think you know why. Because I just figured out this afternoon that uh, they smashed the window of my car. <laughs> so <Sucks>. I, <laughs> yeah, sucks. I was just uh, at the police station, and uh, well, the good thing is actually I'm still on time to. Uh, for our podcast yeah, recording with Camille. We have Camille with us today, Camille from Ghent. Hello. Hi, nice <laughs> to meet you. Nice to meet you too, both of you. So we have a, a bit of a special story, uh, but maybe you can start just telling us a bit about who you are. Well, I'm Camille. I'm 36 years old. I live in Ghent. I'm a French teacher. And why you asked me probably is the most important thing is to talk about social freezing. Mm-hmm. What is social freezing for people who are listening now and going, what is that? Well, I don't like the name of it, first of all, because it's not really social, to be honest. Mm. Um, but social freezing is actually freezing your eggs or your ovarian in English, I think you say it that way. And um, it is to make sure that when you are in a bit older as a woman, you can still make use of these eggs that are in the freezer. Yeah. Wow. This is an interesting topic. And of course, we, um, we chose this topic to give that opportunity to our listeners to listen to your story, Camille, and to understand better what it all entails if you go through uh, this process and why are we did we decide to um, to record this episode it's because yeah we have quite a few listeners who already told us that this is an is an important topic for them there are quite a few that are uh, okay female female listeners uh, to, to our podcast and they uh, have experienced already that at a certain age, uh, let's say 35 plus, or maybe, well, I don't know, what, whatever the age is, but that the pressure increases on finding a guy because there might be a wish to start a family and to have kids. And yeah, a few of my friends and a few of the listeners were asking me, could you also, you know, try to see if we can talk about that or that you can talk about that on, on your podcast. But in all honesty, Camille, it wasn't easy to find someone who was willing to talk about this topic because it does look like it's still a little bit of a taboo, this uh, this topic. Do you agree? It is, yes, I totally agree. And it was also the case when they asked me to be in the news uh, on the VRT. It's like uh, a channel and on the Flemish television. Yeah. And so they also told me that they were in contact with 15 women before me and none of them wanted wow. to talk about it. So. It is a topic that I think is much um, related to failure and that shouldn't be. Okay. Yes. The huge problem about it is that some people see it uh, maybe like, oh, you have to, to freeze these eggs and you, you failed in a relationship or relationships. Yeah. 
So you, you fail to find a guy yes. Yes. at the right time or by the time you're, you're still, well, not too old. And that's another topic, I think, how old is too old to have kids. But uh, so you're 36 now, you mentioned. When, when did you do it? So maybe I should start the whole story. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, maybe I start with uh, who I am and like how my relationships were looking like for the past 15 years yeah mm. let's start <laughs> um i was about 20 and i had a relationship for 10 years with a very nice guy i know i can have a relationship i know that i can have a good relationship but we ended because we both figured we weren't having the same vision for the future okay we're still good friends and i'm very happy for that <laughs> and if you say we might not have had the same vision about our future. Could you say something more about that? Was it related yes, to children? Of maybe, or? Um, he was ready for kids. Yeah. I wasn't at that time. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. So um, I wasn't ready because I maybe also at one point I didn't feel right anymore for me. And so we decided to split up and now he's a dad and he's a very happy dad. And so I'm happy for him as well. So yes. For me, it didn't feel maybe like the right person. And so when you're 30 as a woman, I think you start thinking about many things in life. Yep. And I wasn't ready for kids. I must say, I must admit, I still was developing myself. I was still in doubt with my jobs. I still wanted to party like a lot. <laughs> I felt very young and still not mom. I, I didn't feel the clock ticking at that time. And uh, to be honest, it really came late yeah. for me. I can relate to that. So... <laughs> In all honesty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You still want to party, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the party part anymore. But when I was 30, definitely 30, um, I also didn't feel ready for kids. And I, also, I was also in a long-term relationship at the time. And for me... Um, this was really a point where I thought like, okay, do I want to settle down? Uh, also a beautiful guy actually. And I'm also just like you, still friends with him. But uh, I had the same, yeah, I had the same feeling. I said like, okay, no, uh, there is so much still to discover in this world. It doesn't feel like this is the moment to settle down and have kids. Yeah, absolutely. I can follow you. Yes. So, so yes, after that, I rediscovered who I, I was, who I am as a woman And uh, the freedom was a kind feeling. And also um, I discovered what I wanted in life for myself. I, um, it didn't took that long. I was one year and a half single. And then I met my last boyfriend. Uh, the relationship ended up last year, exactly one year ago after a new year. Now it was, I was ready to have kids. And he wasn't. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. so it was the opposite. Yes. I cannot blame him for that. I think also the connection between both of us was a bit lost. And I could feel it also at New Year's Eve when the person doesn't kiss you as the first one. Yeah. You feel like, oh no, the connection is broken. And so we had the discussion the next day after New Year. And then... We both realized that it might have been uh, not the best to, to continue, but we've been for three and a half years together. And for me, I must admit that it, it, it hit me like crazy. 
the fact that he took the decision because also I thought he really loved me like profoundly, but I know his freedom was more important for him and I don't blame it. It's, it's what it is. But for me, it was a very, very hard period. Maybe one of the hardest in my life that followed. The confrontation with myself was very hard because also I was 35. I was going to be 36 um, and I, I didn't have anything. My partner was gone and my dream of having kids was gone. So it was a roller coaster in my head. And again, so Camille, you started I... off the year. Sorry, go on, sure. Yeah, I was th thank you. Thank you, B. I was just saying that, again, I can relate to that because after my long-term relationship, I also had one and uh, I was ready for kids and then uh, the guy uh, broke up. So, yeah, I think at that age, yeah, that's a tough, a tough breakup. The breakups are always tough, of course, and even more tough if you're not the one taking the decision, I think. Um, and if you don't see them coming even more. And if yeah. you don't mm -hmm. see them coming, absolutely. But especially also what made the breakup uh, difficult for me, and I'd like to know your opinion about that also, Camille, but was that um, you just realize, oh, God, um, this might, be, might have been my last chance to get to have, have, have kids. So that is, mm -hmm. uh, that is indeed what made it uh, very happy. Yes, that is true, because uh, I also compared myself to the age my mother uh, had me, yep. and she was 35. And uh, for me, it was always in my, in my mind, like, okay, at 35, I get my first, and my second, 37, and then I'm, I'm going to be fine. And, <laughs> and now it's like, oh gosh, I, in two months, I'm 37, I have nothing, <laughs> but I'm fine, I'm fine. But anyway, it's, it's true, it's true. It is a, a very hard confrontation. But although I must admit that the feeling of wanting to be a mom came to me only when I was 34 after a dream <laughs> okay i had a dream and then in this dream i was asking my ex-boyfriend now do you want to have kids and in my dream he said no wow so actually it was already maybe the feeling i had in the dream was real because a month after my dream i asked him in re real life like do you want to have kids and his answer was by then you must uh, must know uh, i'm not ready Maybe in five years, maybe you should freeze them. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, I think this came for a reason, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and how did yeah. you react to that reaction or this reply from him? Oh, I cried. And uh, two months later, it was uh, Corona. So we didn't talk about it anymore. Everything was focused on Corona, yeah, yeah. on COVID. Yeah, and then, then months and months went on, and then a, f a few months later, we broke up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it was actually very close to the breakup, that, uh, yes, that conversation. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, about nine months before, yeah. yeah. But B, you wanted to ask a question, and I interrupted you. It's fine. No, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, similar to you, it's, so you started off the year mm -hmm. on a bad note. I think we all try and make a year nice to start with with some resolutions but yeah what i was going to say it's not just a relationship and and joe i think we were on the same wavelength you you don't just break up from from a three and a half year relationship you actually break up from a future that you had in mind exactly of that's, building that's family uh, and that's the yes, hardest that's the hardest um the the breakup with your future plans in your head <laughs> yeah. yes 
But I didn't stand still after that. Two months after the breakup, I called the fertility department to make an appointment and to make sure that I could freeze my egg. Okay. So I, did, did you know yeah. about this uh, possibility? But clearly your ex-boyfriend told you about it. But I mean, did you yourself already know anything about it? Well, I knew maybe just one year before that. So a couple of months before my boyfriend told me that because I had a friend that also was thinking about doing it and another friend had already done it. And at the time I did it, I was not alone and I had three other friends that were doing it at the same time. It was all a coincidence, but it was super comfortable to know that I was not alone in the story. Yeah, absolutely. And also me, if I look around uh, and I look at my friends, there's many friends going through this and maybe I'm a bit the one to blame (laughs) because I'm pushing through uh, because I did it myself too so after the second breakup also and I was living in Singapore came back to Belgium and one of the reasons I came back to Belgium was actually because I know that in Belgium there is a very good hospital when it comes to um, to this procedure and in Singapore it was uh, not even a taboo but it was also not possible to uh, freeze your eggs Mm. it's a very different culture right yeah it is a very different culture indeed and um but what I was saying is that, yeah, indeed, a lot of friends are going through this. And maybe because I also speak about it very openly to them, but next to that also, because I think it's the age, of course. I have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of uh, single friends, and some of them would f- still really like to have a family one day. And so then this is mm-hmm. this is a way to, uh, yeah, to, uh, to yes. guarantee. Yes. Well, guarantee is a big word, but at least give, give a little bit of opportunity still to make no, that dream happen. It, it is. Exactly. I see it as a chance. It is a chance that we have because, I mean, about a a few years ago, now it exists for 10 years. The procedure is is existing for 10 years. You know, it's it's a peace of mind that you get to know that your your eggs are in the freezer. (laughs) Let's say it it is. It is still hard for many women that cannot pay the procedure because it is very expensive yeah. and that's also something you have to to admit it is it's not reimbursed by healthcare yes, right yes exactly it's not reimbursed i try to fight for it with the parliament here in belgium to get a reimbursement but they said it is not a topic that is important at the moment oh really wow. is that the answer yes. you got at the moment yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah because it is not a priority that's how they say it. it's not a priority um ivf this is paid repaid because the the use of the ovarian is direct for us it's not even sure we're gonna use it it's more like an insurance that you take Mm -hmm. and this insurance they don't want to to be paid and yeah that's it what's your opinion about that b it's a very controversial topic it is it's an invest i see it as an investment and and as camille says a, a chance should it be reimbursed? I don't know. And and I think the um, the fact that you say at the moment it's not is an interesting one because these things change. And and obviously for a woman at a certain age really wanting kids, it's it's mentally draining uh, not to be able to. And especially if you if you go after a breakup where you've been in a relationship and you were thinking about having kids. So I think on the mental side, this is definitely something that needs to be taken in consideration and and that peace of mind that 
if I meet the right guy or if in, in a few years I decide to be a, a mom by myself, because I think in this day and age, many women do that too, then there is a possibility. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's a topic to be followed, yep. right? Whether it, it'll change and, and maybe in the future it will be partly or, or totally reimbursed. And thank you for that, Camille, that you take up that role and that you yes. go to the parliament. <laughs> it's thanks to people like you I, that we might... Uh... I, I took that fight, yes. It's, I don't know why, but at a certain point, I, I had a feeling someone has to be able to talk about it. Because also in school, we, we are taught to not make gay kids. Eh? Contraception, we know everything about it, the pill, the condoms, everything. But they don't talk to you that there's also a date of peremption. I don't know if you say that in English, but like a date that you cannot have kids anymore. An expiry date. <laughs> expiry, expiry, that's date. the date. Expiry, that's my French coming up. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, a good way to put it, but let's, yeah. let's call it expiry date. <laughs> expiry You're date. expired, sorry. <laughs> my body <You're> expires. <laughs> Yeah, but it's true uh, because, and that's now something I'm telling my pupils because I'm a teacher. Um, they saw me on television, on the news, and they didn't understand really what what I did. And so I explained that's good. to him, to them, uh, that you know, as a woman, you can you can have kids when you're young, but you can also wait. You can first maybe work on yourself, on your career, doing what you want, and you can freeze them in to make sure that you can have kids when you're older, but know that your body at what certain point, the ovarian at the age of 35, they're going down and it is exponential. Yeah. So that's very important to know. We are not aware about that. And that's the awareness that I want to, to talk about and to make sure that people know that a procedure does exist to give you more time and also to give you peace of mind. Uh, but yeah, I, there's, like you say, on one side, there's a taboo about it, and but it shouldn't because it's only, it's a good thing to, to have the possibility to do it. Absolutely. And it's good that you're Absolutely. Uh, yeah. creating that awareness. I think there is, shall always be a balance between creating the awareness of the fact that there is this possibility you freeze your eggs and also the awareness that as a woman, there is an expiry date. Mm -hmm. That's also my opinion. Then if we only go for promoting very much the, the freezing of the eggs, yeah, we might go a bit too far yeah. in that. Yeah, true, true. Because it's like a, a bread, you know, you can put the bread in the, in the freezer, but the oven still has to be new. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, with an old oven, it's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I see it. That's a, that's a nice way so. to put it indeed. <laughs> And, and so going back to the reimbursement topic, um, actually, I work with a company where they are reimbursing the cost. So I think it's a very progressive that is amazing. approach yeah. of my company and, and, and culture. And I know that, for mm -hmm. example, I think it's Google that also offers that possibilities to female colleagues. But you know that they got actually bad publicity because of doing this, because they were saying like, actually, you're pushing your female employees to focus on their career, make sure that they work very hard for Google. You're saying like, okay, don't worry, work hard, put your career first. We'll make sure that we pay for uh, the freezing of the eggs. So that's the opposite side, actually, where you see that this gives bad publicity, which I think is really crazy. No, I understand how people might think about it, but I think it's something positive mm -hmm. because if you know that the cost is about what I paid, is about 2,300 euros. 
And I have at the moment nine eggs in the freezer. So if I want to be sure, I should normally do it a second time. But can you imagine that I have to put again, like 2,500 euro for something I'm not even sure I'm going to use, but that gives me a peace of mind. But I think if a company does that for you, it's super nice and it doesn't force you to do it. It's just giving you the opportunity to do it. I don't know. I I think it's something positive and I don't see it as negative. Do you see it that way too, P? If your company now, it's very male-oriented company, I think you work at. Yeah, I work in construction, so maybe not a topic. Um, (laughs) I'm completely pro, I think, any company that offers such arrangements show that they care about their employees and every employee has different interests or different wishes or ambitions at different stages in life so to accommodate for that i think it's fantastic and yes there will always be people who say google i think they have an arrangement that they pay people can actually use the google premises or in their work time they can work on on personal projects as well 10 percent of the time if i remember but might be wrong There's also people who say, oh, they already work 60, 70 hours a week. So that 10% means nothing. Uh, But yeah, on this topic, uh, it's it's controversial. Uh, It's different than offering an electric bike or uh, (laughs) pension installments. (laughs) But it's, yeah, I think it's fantastic. If more companies would do it, it might not be as controversial. People might see it as something exactly it makes me proud to work for my company at least that's what i can Mm, say absolutely yes and you're right b because um, at a certain point it was also said that you can do your laundry services at uh, for free at google and so on and you can have a good time and at the office uh, by uh, by playing pool and so on so yeah and and even that was also um, them being criticized like okay you want to keep people too long uh, in within the office and so you're right i think there's probably arguments for for anything but i think we all the three of us at least agree that this is the way forward. And again, Camille, thank you for taking up that role for the women in our society in Belgium and to go to the parliament. And okay, you might have received a negative reply this time, but please don't give up. This time, yes. You can count on, on. You can count on this podcast, <laughs> you can count on us, and we will be there for you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, great to know. Why, why do you think, Camille, that it is a topic that's not talked about more amongst women? Obviously, Joe. When she did it, we spoke about it, but I found out about it from a friend in Australia who did it as well in her mid-30s. And before that, I'd never even heard about it. And I was of a similar age. Mm-hmm. No. So why do you think it's the case that people just don't talk about it, even if they've gone through it themselves? Um, because, you know, even like IVF is also something people mm. don't like to tell when they make a baby that way. Because it's not the natural way. And I think they compare maybe social freezing a bit with IVF. And Mm. it's always associated to maybe some failure. With IVF, I think there is more the failure that I'm not saying for everyone, but sometimes the man is maybe not feeling man enough in that and doesn't want to admit that it didn't work the right way. And it's hard to maybe tell that to society. Society, yeah. I think there's... Also, with social freezing, part of failure. Fail as a woman that is associated, but in the wrong way. I don't see it that way. And that's why I talk about it in an easy way. 
because it's not that I failed. I'm a happy woman. Now I'm single and I'm just doing it to make sure that when I meet the right person, there is no pressure on that new relationship. And that's my point. Yeah, That's it. Nice. Yeah. It's indeed not a failure. You're right. And one thing that comes to my mind when you talk about the fact that um, for guys, it might also be sometimes difficult to uh, talk openly about IVF. Um, it is true that it, at a certain point I realized how, and I might be generalizing, so sorry if I do that too much now, but I, I've seen that a few times, how important it also is for a guy to have good sperm, well-performing mm -hmm. sperm. I never realized it, but you can see that with friends that are like, like really proud when, for example, they've been trying to uh, go for a baby and it was working from the first time. Then they're like, really like, okay, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, ma, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a real, I'm a real man because my, my sperm is like yeah. uh, high-performing. <laughs> and I was really uh, surprised when I, I saw that for the first time. And I've now, of course, seen it already a few times with friends in general. So yeah, we can laugh about it. But I think indeed also there, it's for a guy also probably not that easy to talk about uh, IVF from yeah from that point of view. Huh? Yeah. Yes, because when I was in the, the waiting room, I met someone that I knew and you could see that the guy blushed. Mm. And so, yeah, I think, and, and me as a woman alone, all the other women were like supporting me. Yeah. They were so friendly. Oh, go for it. And I hope you have a good harvest. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is <fine>. Thank you. <laughs> because at the same time, yeah. Camille, you can say indeed, I felt a lot of support from other women, but I just told you that myself also, I've been trying to persuade some of my friends to go for it. And what I did feel and see is that some of them, or maybe even most of them, really hesitate quite heavily and push the topic away a bit. And I see you making a sign, and of course I have to say it because our listeners won't see you, but you're saying yeah, it's probably a bit money-related. In all honesty, not really, because I, I'm talking also about a few really independent, uh, hardworking, and then also uh, women that have uh, that have uh, quite some money on the side to to pay for this. So there must be something else, and I've been trying to figure it out what it is. But it is. It seems like, and and I can only reflect on myself, but I'd like to hear it from you too. It seems like a tough topic to discuss and a tough decision to take. Yes, I'm going to go for it. It's easier yes. to just postpone, not talk about it. Let's put it on the side, talk about it some other time. Do you have any idea why? I think, um, yes, it is a cultural problem also. The woman I met, because I was in Holland for a discussion about it, and one of the girls was uh, from Russia, and she told me, it is not done in my culture to do that. You have to make babies a natural way. And if it doesn't work, that's nature. So maybe that's one aspect. Maybe you're so scared, I don't know, what other thing? Yeah. What will people think about me? But mm. I don't see any problem now. Because after I was on the news, I got many response of friends yeah. and only love messages and well done. I understand you do it. Nothing like, oh, you shouldn't do it. Yes, there were uh, negative things about the fact that I was fighting for reimbursement. That was the only thing, but not about the procedure itself. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I think yeah, it has to do something clearly about the entire 
atmosphere that it creates when you have to go through it. Do you have any mm -hmm. idea why some of our friends are you know, just you know, pushing away the topic a bit? I don't know. Is it in some way giving up on hope? If you do it, you really give up on hope that you will meet a guy and it will happen naturally. I think so. Maybe that's it. That it's really like this step is really me saying to myself, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to meet a potential father in the next years to come. Maybe that's it. And there's some shame, as Camille says, some shame involved. Money might be, I think, for, for some people a topic, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's money you might spend on, on a month holiday uh, if you travel to a few yeah. countries. Don't buy a handbag. And, uh, so I think that's... Uh, <laughs> I jokingly say that <laughs> sometimes to my friends, just uh, put aside uh, the handbag ID just to so make it... So I have yeah. never bought a handbag yeah, I know. that costs that much. And to be honest, it's just maybe it's not even the right thing to say. But I just want to make it a little bit like... Uh, yeah, <laughs> tangible, like guys, we're, we're just talking about <laughs> yeah. a handbag or, or yeah, a, a, a trip. Or, the other thing yeah. as well is it's a very personal decision. It's different to, hey, I'm getting married. Can we share IDs? What uh, venues did you visit? And, and you talk about to everyone and you share IDs. This is maybe a, a very personal decision that's not as easy to get out there and to even discuss with your family with your parents who may want to become grandparents as well so i think that's a reason or might be a reason as well but that's just a right guess no i think you're right actually because uh yes exactly what you say it's about giving up hope yeah mm -hmm. like um yeah that it's not gonna happen in the two or three years that come yeah indeed i think you're right and I also agree. I fully agree, and I've I've tested it on a few friends, and and I think that's that's the there's mul multiple reasons, of course, in general, but but uh, one of the main reasons I see coming back to a lot of uh, of the friends, it's like you're being very much confronted with the situation you're in, and mm -hmm. I can also say yep. that for myself when I did it, as such, I couldn't it couldn't go fast enough, so I was really happy, and as I said, I was one of one of the reasons why I returned back to Belgium to get uh, this procedure done. Um, but when I was going through that uh, procedure, the hardest point was really like, I'm alone, I'm doing this alone, and I have 100,000 friends, so it's not that, but in the end, I'm doing this alone, and I'm very much confronted with the fact that I have to do it, I have to pay for it, because I don't have a boyfriend at this stage, so mm. it, maybe that, that's not a rational way of looking at it, but it was very much what I was feeling at the time, and I didn't mm. like that feeling. It's but maybe difficult. important to add is not only single women do it, also at just a certain point maybe when you're older and you get a new relationship you don't want to put the pressure on it and so I also have friends that did it and but they were in a very um, new relationship and so to directly put the pressure off they did it yeah that's true so they so decide together to yes the woman to freeze yes. her eggs yeah. okay yeah so that's also a possibility yeah so Camille yeah I can imagine that um, some of the listeners might also be interested in what you've been going through when you uh, froze your eggs. I don't want to stretch it too much, but could you maybe briefly also go through the different steps of, uh, of the process? Yeah. So first of all, you have to go to a therapist and you have a short talk with the person so that they know that you understand the whole procedure. Also, they talk you about the expense of it. They tell you how it's going to be. 
but also they ask about if you want maybe one to be a mom a single mom and everything so okay. it's quite interesting yeah yeah how, how was it for you interesting or tough It was the first time in my life I've been to a therapist. So for me, it was really an eye-opening. I was talking more about my breakup <laughs> than anything. And it was good because she made me feel also that it was not a failure and that it was hard and that I could be sad about it and that, that I was taking the right decision. So she was nice. actually yeah. comforting me in this decision I made. So that was a good thing. For me, I experienced it as a very positive thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a start. Then if you decide to do it, they give you the pill for one month. You take the pill so that you have a regular menstruation. Mm -hmm. After that, they take your blood and they measure how many ovarian that you have. They can, they can measure that. So you get an explanation about the fact that you will have to give yourself uh, injection in your belly with hormones. Yep. That's a tough part. I don't know about you, Joe, but for me, tough. <laughs> How often do you do that? For two weeks, every day, every day, one oh. injection. And at the end, the last week was two injection. So it was very tough. I must say, I was very lucky because my neighbor is, um, uh, how do you say? Nurse? A nurse, yes. He's a mm, nurse. An infirmière. An infirmière. An infirmière. Uh, and he's the best guy. He's the best that, that could happen to me because he helped me through the whole procedure. And he did every single injection in my belly. Wow. Yes. He nice. came every day to do it. Even when I had a date, <laughs> that's a funny <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, I had a date with a guy and so I said, sorry, but there's another guy coming to do an injection in my belly and what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that was very nice uh, to not be alone in that part because I heard from all my friends, they had to do it alone. Normally mm -hmm. you do it on your own. Yeah. But I was We crying. spoke about this recently, right, Joe? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, and I can confirm that this is the hard part, but at the same time, I don't want to scare away our listeners. So I also think like, okay, you know, you have to go through it. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, I did it. I did yeah. it once. I cried yeah. a lot, but he wasn't <laughs> home and I had to do it. So I yeah. did it. And in the end it was okay. It's more yeah. the get used to it. Yeah. yeah you get, get used, used to, it, to it. And you also know I'm doing this for a good cause. So it's 12, exactly. two weeks. It's it's only it's only 14 days, so in the end, yes. it's okay. Yes. But yeah, it's the it's the annoying part, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after that, you go a few times to check up how your eggs are growing, so they can see you know, the follicles if they grow, how many you have, and after that, they plan with you the date of the the procedure, and the procedure itself is also under conscious sedation. Is it right? So local anesthetics? Yeah, local. So you're fully awake and conscious? Yes, you're awake. So I had the feeling I, I had like some wine. <laughs> I, don't know. I, felt, uh, I felt comfortable. Um, but then they, they put a needle inside of you to take all the eggs. It's not nice, but it's going very fast. So I don't want to scare anyone. And So it's like being at the, if I 
can picture it. I don't know. I have this strange yeah. mind that just immediately wants to picture something. <laughs> so it's like being at the gynecologist yes. with your legs up. and Exactly. Then they, and yeah. then they come with a needle and they tell you that. And they tell you what they're going to do. They tell you now we are taking all the eggs. It's like a, a vacuum machine that is sucking all mm. the, the eggs out. I mean, it's okay. It's It's lasting, I don't know, maybe the whole procedure 10 minutes okay yes yeah, it's, going it's very, very fast, fast. very yeah. fast and painless it's um at first a little pain but it's like it's, it's like an injection so i i first yeah. i i was screaming about my ex and then she said calm down maybe you can sing a song <laughs> and i started singing uh, la vie en rose from edith piaf and I, so i said yeah maybe these kids will already have good vibrations <laughs> oh. <laughs> they so were funny. laughing they were laughing you, like, can, you uh, can tell yeah. your kids that story later <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> is that the same experience you had, Joe? Um, yes, I was just wondering. I think I had a full anesthesia, so not just partly locally. So maybe that's something that they changed for me. It's a couple of years ago that I did it. Oh, wow. So maybe they, because yeah. I remember that I was very happy when I woke up also I was I think a little bit on drugs, on drugs. <laughs> groggy yeah, yeah a groggy <laughs> and on drugs but yeah overall two weeks two weeks where uh, you have to do the injections go a few times to check on the number of eggs you have yes. indeed and then uh, it's done in 10 minutes that was and then also it's done. yeah and then you stay home I stayed home or I could stay home for two days you don't need to but they just advise you to you know take a break mm -hmm. I think I stayed home one day did you also Me do too. that Yes, I also just, I was one day at home and two friends came over and we were like celebrating that my, my eggs were in the, in the freezer. But that's so, a good way yeah. to approach it. Yeah, really, yeah. I think it's nice. And um, maybe the advice that I give is to make sure that when you come back from the hospital, that you have some support around you. And I like the way that you did it, Camille, that you said we were just cheering and celebrating <laughs> the fact of yes. freezing the eggs. So that's a good way to do it. I think it's maybe also still a little bit because of the hormones, but I was a little bit afterwards in a mode where I said, like, oh, I pity, to pity a bit your situation or that would be your yeah. natural tendency. And then it's just nice to have friends that can cheer uh, a little bit with you and then uh, can take it from the light side because a couple of days later, you're just over it and it's fine, right? But that moment I remember was maybe emotionally the toughest moment when you come back from the hospital. Yeah. It is. And I think it's also due to the hormones because we must uh, tell the listeners that you get the hormones of a pregnant woman. Yeah. So you actually go to a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, afterwards also I had a kind of a baby blues, I think also. So wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a bit, I don't, I will, I will not say depressed, but you get very emotional of yeah, it afterwards. Um, yeah. um, recently, a friend of mine did it also. And I cooked for her after the procedure because I told her I wanted to be there for her. And, mm -hmm. uh, and a few days later, she called me and she asked me, is it normal? I, I feel a bit sad and weird. And I said, yeah, I, I forgot to tell you that, but it's true. And so you must know it's normal. It's just the hormones. It's going. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah, the annoying part is definitely the injections, but th the more difficult part might be the fact that even though you're very okay with taking that decision, that you might get a little bit, as you said, the blues afterwards. So yes. something to to take care of and yeah. uh, to make sure that uh, you've yeah. got uh, friends and I, family around. I don't know for you, but I also got uh, some acne afterwards, but then oh, yeah. it, it went on. But it's okay. it's really like hormone yeah. that you yeah. get uh, yeah. 
full on full on hormones <laughs> in your in your body um maybe to round off a little bit my question would be if you would look at the entire situation and uh, what you've been going through in life and in love what is your top lesson learned and secondly maybe is there any any advice you want to give to those let's mm. call it single ladies out there so two questions to, Ooh, to yeah. wrap up from my end <laughs> sorry for the difficult uh, questions yeah no no it's fine to all the ladies out there i would say um don't stay in a relationship that doesn't make you feel happy even though if you're scared of not being able to have kids anymore just do it when it feels right and um know that there's there is the procedure to make you maybe feel comfortable and give you peace of mind like that's my case now i i feel the the, the peace of mind now um because i'm seeing people I, i tell them about the fact that i did the social freezing and it's nice i mean why not telling them that and being open about it and so they know okay she's, she's chill okay i can be chill <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Um, i i think that's the biggest advice that i would give also i am happy at the moment and happiness doesn't involve necessarily another person uh, doesn't involve a partner and kids and everything because even in a relationship sometimes people can feel lonely so that's also something that eases my mind and um yeah i think that's that would be the main yeah. thing i i will tell the other girls out there yeah nice yeah, thank you for that that's i'm i'm reading a lot i'm doing a lot of yoga and just now my way of living is from day to day because anyway you cannot predict the future that's yeah. how, what i learned for me it's really an eye opening that even even if you think you have a partner anything can go wrong i mean even if you have a kid something can go wrong just enjoy what you have at that moment at now at this moment nice. and enjoy it to the fullest and be happy with what you already have good family good friends and health and i'm very happy at this moment wow nice <laughs> live in the moment yes very nice yes it sounds a bit uh, cliche or cliche. Simple. yes yeah. it sounds a bit cliche but um for me it's working very well yes. absolutely and you feel that there is a lot of power behind what you're saying so yeah i think you've grown into this mental state yes and that's that's really nice to hear Absolutely. That's... Congrats. Yeah, really. You've been through And we can see, I mean, we can yeah. see your radiant face yeah. while you're telling us this. So, yeah. yeah. Indeed. Is there any last question from your end, B? Okay, maybe my, my favorite question of all times. If you had to go through all of this uh, thinking process, the procedure again, and, and your state of mind, would you have done anything differently? I would do it again. Um I'm happy I did it and I had nine eggs. I don't know if I would do it directly again because it is tough. But if 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 it wasn't for the cost, I, I'd do it again. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely, because it's worth okay. it. It's worth it because in in the end, it's for a good thing that that you want to do it. It's to Absolutely. have a, a little nice kid somewhere running around. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. so yeah i've done it myself too 
And the last final advice then maybe from my end, Camille would say, would be that if you can do it again, I would do it again. Yeah. Try to mm. consider it at a certain moment in your life to mm. maybe do a second round. You have more yeah. options. You have yes. more options. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Camille. Thank you very much, ladies. And uh, thank yes, you very thank much you. to our audience. I hope it was an interesting and a powerful session. It was at least for me. So I'm uh, happy we invited Camille. I would like to thank you very much, Camille. Thank to like to thank my co-host B, and uh, see you soon again. I hope. Bye bye to the listeners also. Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 If you liked this episode, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Dating Stories. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. We'll see you in two weeks.